Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to the first part of our year-end series. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Thessalonians chapter 1 today. Uh, this is written by a man named Paul, and he's writing to a group of believers, uh, a church in a place called Thessalonica. Thessalonica. There we go. This is what Paul says. He says, we always thank God for all of you. Speaking of the church, we thank God for all of you, and we continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm skipping ahead. We'll get there later. Verse 7, it says, And so you, to the church, became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. I want to speak this morning uh, on the power of a pattern, the power of a pattern. Can we put our hands together one more time? You guys can find your seat uh, in the house today. Come on. Is there anyone excited to be in church today, 9 a.m.? Come on. Let's go. We got we to bring the energy up. It's, it's dark. It's a little bit cold today. So let's, let's bring it because the Holy Spirit's warm. So that's what's going to keep us going. So uh, my name is Harrison. If uh, we have not yet had the pleasure of meeting and yeah, just so glad that you guys could be here today. Uh, just honored that you would take some time to spend with us, to worship with us. And we're just believing today God has something for you. So uh, as we get going, I have um, just a thought to kind of get, get us started, it is simply this. Um, humans are habitual creatures. Humans are habitual creatures. Um, my thought is this. You guys may not know this. You may not even be attuned to this. But every single one of us, the thing that we call life, all of us, we're living life. What we don't often realize is that life is just a series of habits and patterns. Everything that we do on this earth is just a series of patterns and habits. And your whole life, I know I'm trying to make you feel really important, your whole entire life is actually just a bunch of series. It's a whole bunch of series of patterns and habits. Now, what happens with patterns and habits is the longer that you do something and the more you engage in a particular habit or pattern, eventually you don't even recognize that it is a habit or a pattern. It just becomes life. Is everyone following? And so the power of a pattern is that the more I do something, it's no longer even a habit or a pattern as much as it is simply, it's just my life. I'll explain it like this. Um, We have four kids under the age of four. Some of you guys, a lot of you guys know this. And so uh, we are in a certain season and pattern in our life right now where we do not sleep, at least not uninterrupted. And uh, what's funny is that I'll never forget, uh, four years ago, uh, our, our girls were born. We had twin girls first. And I'll never forget the first night in the hospital, uh, I was laying on this like little sliver of a couch thing. I don't even know what it was. And uh, middle of the night, 
uh, our girls woke up um, and they kept waking up. And I remember thinking to myself, because up until that point, I had pretty much slept like 26 years uninterrupted. And I remember when I was waking up in the hospital, I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to survive. But what's interesting is the power of a pattern is that the longer that I do something, the things that once seemed impossible just become normal. And so now every single night, whether I'm sleeping on the floor, whether I'm curled up in a toddler's bed, or whether Judah is literally sleeping on my head, we never sleep uninterrupted, yet it kind of just becomes normal. It's just life. And praise be to Jesus, because to the guy four years ago that was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to survive, I'm here, baby. And I thank Jesus and thank coffee. Come on. Uh, but you guys following the, the power of a pattern? The longer that we do something, a lot of times the things that just became, the things that we thought were impossible can actually just become normal. And what I believe to be true is this. Oftentimes, the life that we want to live, especially when it comes to being devoted followers of Jesus, fruitful lives versus lives filled with regrets, many times the difference is just in the pattern. It's just in the patterns that we are living. And what I believe to be true is even today, you are developing patterns that are helping you become either the people that you want to be or perhaps the people that we don't want to be. But you guys are here at 9 a.m. Come on, somebody. And so coming to church at 9 a.m., maybe you didn't know this, and maybe for some of you it's been weeks on weeks that you've been here, you are actually developing a healthy pattern that I think is forming you into more of the person that God wants you to be. And so um, today I want to speak all about the power of a pattern. And the reason I want to do that is because we are entering into a church-wide pattern and tradition that we have here at Kingdom Church. Um, every single year, if you guys have been with us, you'll know this. Uh, we finish our year with a faith series. Every single year, we end our year with a faith series, and we do two things in this series, two traditions, two patterns. Number one, we always look back on the last year and the faithfulness of God, and we look back at all that he has done, the miraculous things that have been accomplished in his name through this church, through his people, um, and the second thing that we do is we look forward. We look back at God's faithfulness, and then we look forward in faith, believing that God actually is just getting started, that we have not seen the greatest days because they are still in front of us. And so this series every single year is a pattern at church that postures our heart to the place that we believe God wants us to go. So um, I know many of you guys are brand new to this church and brand new meaning, you know, six months, seven months, even if it's been 11 months, you've never experienced this year-end series. So I'm letting you know that you are actually stepping into a great pattern that we have in this church. And for some of us, you guys have been here for a few years. Some of you guys, this is gonna be year number six. And so every single year what we do, one of our traditions, one of our patterns, is that we name the series. And the name of the series always is a monument and a marker to what we believe God is calling us to do and where he's calling us to go. So this is year number six, come on somebody, which means we have five year end series. And for some of us, 
I'm gonna show a graphic, doesn't make any sense. Some of you guys, let this be a reminder of what God has done in the last five years. So year number one in our church, um, our year-end series is called Expand. Who is here for year one? Expand. Come on, somebody. Few people. Year number one, expand. Um, year number two, sent. That was our word, and we had no idea that God was sending us out into COVID. Um, year number three uh, was hope. It was, it was our hope year-end series. Um, two years ago, building blocks was our year-end series, and some of you guys were here last year for overflow, um, which was last uh, November slash December. And this year, I'm going to share our series title in a moment. But one of the things you need to understand that we do in this series, one of the patterns that we have is that this series is not just faith in words. We don't just encourage you to have great faith. This series ends with a moment where we are able to display our faith in action. And so every single year, we finish with a year-end offering. And this offering is an offering that we take in faith. And so every single year, the word connects to the offering. So we had the expand offering, the building blocks offering, the overflow offering. Um, and this year, once again, we are continuing with this tradition. And why we take an offering uh, is because it is a moment for us to say, God, in the midst of, of this season, I'm going to trust you first. As I go into a new year, God, I'm going to trust you first. And the reason we look back at God's faithfulness is because it actually propels us forward to respond in faith um, to what God wants to do, which is so amazing. So this year, can I share with you guys the series title? Now, if you guys are part of our church community, you'll, you'll have heard this before. Um, I'm really just retreading on the word I think that God gave us um, back in September. But this series, our year-end series this year is called Everything can change. Everything can change. We just have this word from the Lord that we're believing in this next year, God is going to change people's lives. We just believe that people are going to literally be walking dead and they're going to come into the presence of God and they're going to be made alive. Everything can change. And so on December 17th, put it in your calendar, December 17th, we are taking our everything can change year-end offering. Um, and it's a moment where we just believe as we sow a seed of faith, we're doing so because there are going to be other people in the year to come that are going to receive something based on the, the gift that we give. So for the next four weeks, what I want to do is I want to posture our hearts um, and our faith so that we can be in a position um, to do what God calls us to do. One of the beautiful things about this offering is that we don't have a goal we don't have a number. We just encourage you, whatever it is that God calls you to give, act in obedience. And we just encourage you, start praying now. Start praying each and every week, God, what are you calling me to give um, towards this? And so today, as I posture us for what's to come in the next four weeks, um, as I said, I want to talk about the power of a pattern. So we're going to be in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Before we get into it, I'll give us a little context and I'll let us know why I want to be in this book. So uh, this book was written by a man named Paul. And if you guys have been in church, and specifically if you've heard me preach, um, I preach a lot of Paul because uh, I really like him. Uh, and ultimately, he wrote over half of the New Testament. So if you want to preach from the New Testament, you're going to stumble upon Paul a lot. Uh, so that's why uh, you'll hear his name a lot in church. And that's where we are today. So uh, there is a church um, in Thessalonica that Paul planted. Paul started a church 
and then right away he has to leave. And so Paul's kind of worried about the church because he's like, oh, man, I have to leave them. So he sends Timothy, his apprentice, to go check on the church. Timothy gives Paul a good report. He's like, hey, listen, this church is doing great things. Their faith is expanding. It's growing. People are changing. People's hearts are being transformed in the presence of God. And so Paul writes a letter to this church really Above all, he's going to encourage them in some things, but he really wants to let them know, like, hey, I'm proud of you guys. Isn't that cool? He's just like, I'm proud of you guys. And what we're going to see in a second here is that this church, their faith is expanding to other regions. People are hearing about what is going on in this church, and other people are getting inspired. And why I want us to lean into this is because we are believing that God is calling us to be a church where everything can change, where people's lives can be transformed. And my heart and my hope is that the message of lives being changed in this place would spread out and encourage other believers and even unbelievers that there's a place where people are being changed. So that's the context of this passage. And why I want to look in it is because um, I think there's actually a pattern that Paul gives us that we can begin to replicate in this place in order that we can become more fruitful. So, does that make sense? So, we're going to go through this passage. Now, um, is there anyone in the building today that likes Seinfeld? Any, okay. Man, what a church that we're leading here. Um, So, I love Seinfeld. So, if you guys remember, there's an episode where um, Suellen Mishki gets married in India. Do you guys recall that episode? So what happens in the episode is that it starts at the end and then it makes its way to the beginning. So you see the very end and then it kind of shows you how they got there. If you've never seen the episode, you're only fooling yourself. Um, I want to make a joke about Ryan coming to church real late, but um, because like he's he's actually doing the episode, right? He's coming at the end. Anyways. um, Let's give it up for Ryan, because I called him out. Uh, it, he, 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 just, he, picked a, he picked a real bad time to walk in uh, where my brain was. So um, what we're going to do is uh, I'm actually going to work through this passage backwards. I don't, I don't think I've ever done this before, but we're going to start, and not the whole book, but like verse 7 and 8 is where we're starting, and we're going to work backwards in honor of Seinfeld, um, and more so because I think it's what I want to do today to show us the thing. So you guys ready? You good to go? Amazing. Um, Ryan, I love you. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And so you, again, to the church, he says, became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message ran out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. So, this is the end. This is, this is the end of, of this, is, this is the final goal of where I want us to get today. The message of the Lord, the message of their faith from this church was spreading. He says, you became a model. These believers, this church was so on fire, so living the way that they are supposed to live as followers of Jesus that they became an example. So ultimately, this is a legacy text. Paul is saying, you guys, as a church, you are doing something. You're doing something right that what you are doing is spreading far outside 
of the walls of your church. And I love this thought because when I think about my life, I don't know about you guys, but I want my life to be a model. And I I don't say it in a conceited way where people see me. I want people to see me, but not so much see me, but see Jesus. I want my life to be a model where people can look to me and they can say, man, that guy is following Jesus well. I want a little bit of what he has. I want some of that joy. I want some of that peace. I want some of that self-control. I want my life to be a model. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's okay to have that want. It's okay to have that desire to say, I want to live in such a way where my kids would actually be proud of me. I want to live in such a way where the people that work with me would be changed by me and transformed by the Christ that lives inside of me. And so listen, this season, it's a faith season. Here's a dream for our church. What if Kingdom Church in St. Albert could actually be a model for other believers? What if we could be a house? What if we could be a home where people were known for their transformation in Christ? Where people heard about Kingdom Church and it's like, I don't know everything about that church, but what I do know is that when people go there, they're experiencing the risen Christ Jesus and people's lives are actually being changed. And so what if God was actually calling our church to be a place where everything could change, where the lost could be found, where the broken could be restored, where the immature could be brought to maturity? What if, come on somebody, we were a model? I want, I, want, I want one day someone to speak about us the way that Paul is speaking about this church. And I think the beautiful thing is this. Um, people are already starting to speak. I think word is starting to spread that, man, this is a place where people's lives are being changed. But it's all about legacy. And legacy is simply this question, what do we want to leave behind? And what do we want to leave behind is even simpler than that. It's simply this. What am I doing today? I, I was able, um, I really had the privilege, I don't always use this language, but I had the privilege um, of being at my grandfather's funeral um, a number of weeks back. And one of the things about funerals is that they allow you to see r- really tangibly the legacy that someone leaves behind. And the book of Ecclesiastes, verse 7, says it like this. It says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of festivals or feasting. Look, it says, for death is the destiny of everyone and the living should take this to heart. And so what he's saying, not that like, hey, you're gonna party at the, at the funeral, so that's better. What he's saying, he's saying, listen, life is short. Eternity is real and all of us are leaving behind something. And one of the things that funerals can do and one of the things that loss does is it actually makes us take stock of the life that we are living. And so one of the beautiful things about a funeral is I can see the legacy that this person left behind. And man, I'm just honoring my grandpa. He left behind a legacy of faith. And he's deposited something, not just in other people, but he's deposited things in me that exists today. And so when we have these moments, even though they're painful, they remind us, here's the big point, legacy begins today. I forget how I wrote it. You are are building your legacy today. You see, people, when we think legacy, we think the end. 
But the end is only a result of what we do each and every day. And so understand this, no one builds a legacy on their deathbed. Not one person. My legacy is built by living each and every day. And what's really cool is this, every day that I, cool or scary, every day and every action I do is actually me building my legacy. Some of y'all, I'm just, I look out, I know many of you guys serve in this church. You didn't, maybe you didn't know this, but every single week you come and serve in this place, you are building a legacy. Every single time you open a door, you are a face for someone of what it means to be hospitable. Come on, for those of us that serve in kids' ministry, every single week we go there and we love on kids, you are building a legacy because you are cementing yourself in the lives of young people. Every single time, come on somebody, we wake up early, come to first service, and we bring our family, we are building a legacy. Do you know why? Because we are showing our kids this is who we are. This is the type of family that we have. Because one of the things that we do sometimes is we think that culture is created by our language. No, language helps build culture, but culture is cemented by our actions. And so if we say, we are a people that serve, but we never come to church, then my words are empty. Right? And so every single day, our actions are actually helping to build our legacy. And what I leave behind, here's the big point, will depend on the patterns of my life. What I'm leaving behind depends on the pattern of my life. So what we know is that this church that Paul is commending, they've developed some patterns. And um, verse 6 is going to show us one of the patterns um, as we work backwards. But I want to read 4, 5, and 6. So I'm going to get 4, 5 first. So this is what it says. It says, we know, verse 4, brothers and sisters, loved by God that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. So I'm going to get to verse 6 because that's, that's going to show us the pattern. But this is a part of it. Verse 4. Can we go back for a second? It says, we know that God has chosen you. I, I really want to just speak to someone today because this is really the heart of where things begin. We need to have a deep belief in our spirit that God has chosen us. Every single person in this room today, I want you to understand something. You are not here by accident. You did not get here by random. Some of us, we think sometimes, like, I am here because of a whole bunch of series of choices and decisions that I have made. And I know you have made some decisions, and I am talking with the power of a pattern. But I want you to understand that there is a God in heaven, there is a God that reigns above it all, that does not exist in time and space like you and I exist in time and space. And despite all of our choices, everything that we have ever done, God has still chosen you. God has a specific purpose for you. God has a special affection for you. You're like, Harrison, how do you know this is true? I know it is true simply by this. Whatever and wherever your life has taken you, you are in this room today. And the God of the universe is here to tell you today, through me, you're chosen. No matter what. No matter what you've been through. Why? Because God cares about you. And that changes everything. 
this is important because we're trying to understand, like, man, how do I, how do I live this life from where, where I could just spread things out? It begins by realizing I'm chosen. That changes everything. There's a song um, that, that, that I'm kind of rocking to right now, um, and you guys get the privilege sometimes when I like a song, um, I make the church sing it. Come on, somebody. Um, and so we're probably going to sing this one in a few months, but... Um, the bridge, it's, it's super simple. It just says, praise be to God, praise be to God. You saved me from myself. That's it. So praise be to God. I got to sing it. <laughs> praise be to God. You saved me from myself. Can't go back. Anyways, um, but that song's been in my spirit, and it's super simple. Praise be to God because he saved me. You see, to be chosen and to be saved are kind of synonymous. God chose to save me. I'm predestined into sonship through Christ Jesus. And one of the ways that I can begin to live a life worth living is realizing that I am not just some random person going through life in the middle of this gigantic universe. I'm actually someone that the God of the universe saw before I was even born, and he knew the plans that he had for me. I'm chosen. I'm loved because he says I am. Isn't that cool? No? And if I'm chosen, I don't need to chase. So, verse 6, we're getting to this. How do I become this person? He says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So, so how did the church become great? Well, number one, they realized they were chosen. We're chosen. That changes everything. But Paul also says this. He says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. So I want to break this down. How, how, do, how do we become people that other people can look to and pattern their lives after? How do we become a church that other churches can pattern themselves after. Simply this, we become imitators, number one, of the Lord. Now that hopefully is self-explanatory. Everything that we do here, we are following his example. And if you've been in church long enough, you've heard this. Man, I'm trying to live like Jesus. I'm trying to be more like Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me with the fruits of the Spirit that make me more like Jesus. And so ultimately, understand, Jesus is the model. Jesus is the pattern. If you want to figure out how do I live my life, how do I model my life, you say, Holy Spirit, make me more like Jesus. That's the prayer. But, but this is the part that some of us miss. Because we say, okay, i got to pattern myself after Jesus. But, but Paul says, you didn't just become imitators. You didn't just follow the pattern of the Lord. Paul says, you became imitators of us. So how did this church become great? How did this body of believers become great? They followed the pattern of people that were following the pattern of the Lord. So here's the point. This is really important. From the very beginning of the inception of Christianity, people have not just followed Jesus, but people have followed people who are following Jesus. Paul, even more explicit in 1 Corinthians 11, he says this. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of the Lord. He says to the church, don't just follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow 
Jesus. So here's the point. How do I, how do I begin to leave behind a legacy? How do I begin to be this place or these people where others can actually look to me as an example? Super simple. I need people that I can pattern my life after. I need people that I can pattern my life after. Now hear me, because some of you guys are like, hold on one sec, I just followed Jesus. I'm not saying to pattern your life after Cardi B. I'm saying you need to pattern your life after people who are patterning, patterning their life after Jesus. And I promise you this, some of you guys are like, I just need Jesus, I just need the Holy Spirit, and I just need the Bible. That's all I need, and I will live a fruitful life. Well, I promise you this, the moment you get into the Word, which I believe is life-changing, you'll notice that believers from the very beginning have been in community. And one of the reasons that God gives us community is because we get mentors. We have spiritual fathers. We have spiritual mothers. We have spiritual brothers, spiritual sisters. God gives us a family that we can actually begin to pattern our lives after. I had, I had a conviction um, a while back because I love to read. Any, any, any readers in this place? Um, my, my grandpa used to say, Readeth, uh, reading maketh a man. That's what he would say, reading maketh a man. And my, my, my personal legacy, I switch it a bit. I say to our people, I say, if you're leading um, but not reading, you shouldn't be leading. I say leaders need to be readers. It's my own thing that I'm passing down. Um, but I had this conviction because for a long time I was like, you know what? Like my greatest mentors um, are Tim Keller, C.S. Lewis, uh, N.T. Wright. Like these are my mentors. Um, and I had a real deep conviction one day that if my greatest mentors don't know me, they're not my mentors. <laughs> that was just the conviction. I, I can learn stuff, and I can glean stuff, and I am who I am today. Many, uh, many parts of me are because and from people I don't know. However, I need people that know my name. And I need people that know my story. And ultimately, I need flesh and blood that I can pattern my life after as they follow Jesus. And you're saying, Harrison, why do I need people? Because the truth is this, you are always following the pattern of someone. The question is just, whose pattern am I following? Romans chapter 12 says this, it says, do not conform to the, shout it out, pattern. Come on, somebody, there's power in a pattern. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love this text, one of my favorite. Do not conform to the pattern. I need to follow someone's pattern because there's always another pattern that is trying to steal my attention. That I'm looking towards, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, for some of us, our friends, our coworkers, whatever it is, I need flesh and blood that I can follow their pattern. And that's one of the beautiful things about church is that God gives us a community of people that can help us in our lives. The truth is this. You live your life today, I promise you this, in so many ways because of the people in your life who set a pattern for you. And for some of us, that's really good. And for some of us, that's really bad. You parent. You do relationships. You do finances. More likely than not, based off of the people that you saw in the flesh and blood. 
more than Dave Ramsey, whatever he says. It's good stuff, usually. But you're more patterned, mostly by the people that you're surrounded with. And again, if your parents had a godly marriage, that's amazing. Because you have a great pattern to look to. If your dad went to get milk when you were 12 and never came home, then like, what do I do? Well, the beautiful thing is that God gives us a spiritual family. And, and God can actually give us people to help fill in the gaps. Because for so many of us, and, and, I, and I make the joke about your dad stepping out, but um, I, there's real pain. That's how I mask pain. Come on, somebody. Um, for a lot of us, we feel hopeless sometimes. Because we're like, I, I didn't have a pattern. I, I didn't have spiritual parents. You know, I, I didn't grow up in a church school or whatever it was. But the beautiful thing about today is that we are in a community of people. And we are surrounded by those, some of us who have, have gone before us, some of us who are further along than we are, that we can begin to model our lives after. Um, the New Testament, I, I was looking this up. Because um, my wife and I, we have four kids under four. We're brand new parents. Um, and I realized something about parents um, is that every parent at some point is a brand new parent. I know, crazy realization. Um, and so as much as we think that we know, we don't always know. But I, I was looking something up. In the New Testament um, that I could find, there are two direct verses on parenting. And there's a million principles that you can put two direct verses on parenting. Um, and I love the word. And I encourage you to get into the word. Um, but what that means, though, is that maybe God hasn't just given us scripture to help us parent. Maybe he's also given us community. Maybe he's also given us other parents that have gone before us. Last night we had the privilege um, of, of sitting in. We, we were at another church um, helping them with a, with a parenting night. And we got to sit under Pastor John and Pastor Helen Burns. Um, if you don't know who they are, uh, they've been married for about 50 years. They have three kids, a whole bunch of grandkids, and about to have great grandkids. And one of the beautiful things about sitting there as, as us, young parents, is they give us a flesh and blood pattern for how to parent well because they're generations ahead of us. Their kids are following and serving the Lord. And the cool thing is this, in this church, in this body, there are people that are steps ahead of you that you can look to as a pattern. Um, our issue is that too many of us, it's like I follow Jesus, but I also follow TikTok. Um, I'm a little bit like Jesus, but I'm also a lot like my coworkers. Because we're just, I think we're wired like that. We're wired to look to patterns. And so the question is this, who am I looking to? So here's, here's a simple appeal as we enter into this season, because this is a legacy season. Find people that you can pattern your life after. And again, it's not, they're never going to do it perfect. That's why we don't worship them. I'm not saying find people to worship. I'm saying find some people that you think like, hey, you know what? Those are some good patterns. I see some good fruit in your life. And just say, hey, can we go for coffee? Hey, can, can, we, can, I, can we share a meal together? Right? Can, can, I, can I invite you to my house? Because I want to glean a little bit of what you've learned. Um, and so uh, as, as, as a church, we need people that we can develop patterns from. But one of the reasons we do this series is because for this series, we are trying to develop a church-wide pattern. Now, our church has many patterns. We do 21 days of prayer in September, we try to pattern our year in that way. Um, but again, 
one of the ways that we end our years, our year, is with this offering. And we do this very intentionally because we're trying to create a pattern. And the pattern is simply this, in a time where for many of us it's stressful, it's fear-orientated, will I have enough? Is, is it all going to come together? Is next year going to work itself out? We do this series intentionally to build our faith, to pattern our lives, where for so many people, they're thinking inward, even I know it's Christmas season. It's like, no, it's the season of giving. Um, but even then, in our culture, so many of us still look inward. So we do this series intentionally so we can begin to look outwards. And one of the things I just want to encourage you, especially for those of us who have a family, this series gives us something that we can intentionally pattern to our family. One of the things that Christy and I have done for the last four years is in this offering season, we try to bring our kids into it. Now, my kids are four, two. Malachi wasn't even born last December. Um, so they have no idea what's really happening. When we tell them this is an offering, this is what we're giving, they don't got any clue what money means or the value of it. However, what we are doing when we come together when we tell them why we are giving, when we tell them what we are giving, what we're doing when they're young is simply developing a pattern to let them know as a family in this household, we finish our year in faith. And we finish our year by giving above and beyond more than we think sometimes is manageable or reasonable because this is what God has called us to do. And I know today they don't get it. But one day, because we keep building the pattern, this is year six, this is year, I think, five with, with kids. One day, I believe to be true that our kids will understand what we're doing. And there's going to come a time one day where I think they're going to say, you know what, I want, I want to give to this. How can, how can we give to this? And ultimately, I believe in faith when this church becomes a place where not only they get saved, but their friends get saved. Come on, somebody. And their friends' friends get saved. I just believe one day we can look back and we can tell them, hey, listen, when, we were, when you guys were two years old, we sowed a seed in faith. Believing that one day God would do something that we couldn't even think, dream, or imagine. Yet he did it because people had faith when it didn't always make sense. And so point is this. Is everyone following? We need patterns to follow and we need people that we can follow their pattern. Um, that's how we can begin to develop this legacy. So Paul, again, we're working backwards. We're finishing with this. He says, we always thank God for you and we continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, I want us to see things. Because in this, because Paul says, you followed our pattern and the pattern of the Lord. Um, in this, we see the pattern. This is what they did. Now, we get six words in this I want to show us. So the six words are this. Faith, love, hope, work, labor, endurance. Faith, Love, hope, work, labor, endurance. Now, anyone that has ever served the Lord, anyone that's ever been in ministry, all of you guys that serve, you know that serving is a whole mixture of these words. It's faith, love, it's hope, uh, and then sometimes it's work, 
Sometimes it's labor and sometimes it's endurance. Like, are we going to make it through today? Kale was like, I'm already looking forward to my nap today. He needs some endurance today, right? Um, now, here's the pattern. And this is really important because Paul lays it out. He says that we remember before God our Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so put the words back up for a second. I, I want us to get this. We can't miss this. You see, too often when we follow Jesus, too often when we think about our legacy, we look at the last three words, work, labor, and endurance. We think to ourselves, man, I just need to work hard. I just need to labor. I just need to endure. I want you to understand something. This is, this is true for marriage. This is true for Jesus. This is true for life. If work, labor, and endurance are the primary words to describe our relationship with anything, we're missing the point. We're missing the point. And what happens, especially in church, is if it's all work, it's all labor, it's all endurance, that will always produce dead religion. Every single time. And so I say this especially in this season where we're going to lean into giving. If my heart for this season is like, man, to give, it's just going to be work. It's going to be laborious. But I'll endure. We've missed it. We've missed it. This season, above all, I want us to understand this. It's all about the pattern of my heart. It's all about my heart. Faith, love, and hope are bred and born out of a heart that has been transformed by Jesus. And if I miss that, I miss everything. So I want us, Shiloh, we can, we can come up because we're going to close here. I want us to understand this. It's all about the heart. And so when I said I can't miss this idea that I'm chosen, because being chosen, being saved is the thing that transforms my heart. And when my heart is transformed, I can then begin to live in faith. And the truth is this, to live in faith sometimes takes work. That's just the truth. But I don't work to have faith. Because if I, if I do, I've got it flipped. I have faith, and so I work. Does that make sense? Love prompts labor. If I'm laboring to love, I've missed the point. So I want you to understand this. If some of us view this season like, you know what? Like if I just give, then maybe finally I'll love Jesus. We've missed the point. I love first, and sometimes because I love, I have to labor. That's the relationship right there. And the last one is this, hope inspires endurance. So again, if I'm just enduring, thinking like, man, hope's on the other side, I've missed the point. I hope, I have this great hope, right? We have this great hope that he who began a good work in us will carry that work out into completion. 
And so because I have that hope, I endure. Some of us, we have this whole thing flipped. And every single day, we're just trying to endure. And so every single day, I'm laboring and I'm working. Can I encourage you and can I invite you today into a relationship with Jesus? Because that is the thing that will change everything. That is the thing that will turn this heart of stone into a heart of flesh that will begin to create in me something new is realizing it's never been about me. It's always been about him. So I talked about this. I said we need to find people that we can pattern our lives after. So listen, find people with healthy marriages. Find people that have good jobs. Find people that have good disciplines. All that stuff is great. But here are the ultimate people that you want to pattern your life after. It is those who have been transformed and changed by the love of Christ. That, above all, is the pattern I need to follow. If you just want good financial advice, I can show you 50 people that can tell you how to live better financially. But I promise you this, the one person that heart has been transformed by Jesus will do more than someone that simply is enduring, laboring, and working hard. We need people who are living in faith, with love, and with hope. And that's why in this season, I think we can actually become the church that God is calling us to be. Because I know that there are people in this place that have been transformed. By, by God's hope, by his love, and ultimately we're now living with the faith. And so in this place, and as we go into this season, here's where I want to set us off. We've got four weeks. We're posturing our hearts. This pattern is not dead religion. It's not something that we do mindlessly. It is something that we do because of a heart that has been transformed and saved in Christ Jesus. And so that's the pattern that I want to deposit inside of us today. So can we just stand for a second, church, as we wrap this up? Here's what I want to do. If we're in this place, I want us to begin to just posture our hearts to be ready for what God wants to do. So if you're in this place, and some of us, maybe you've been in church for a long time, maybe you're brand new, you have somewhat of a religious experience, but... If the whole thing has just felt like work, like you've been enduring, like I just show up because I have to show up, I would just love to pray right now in this place that you would receive just a measure of the Holy Spirit and that you would just begin to experience the fact that there is a God who sees you, who knows you, who loves you, who sent his son to die for you, to bring you into relationship with him. So every head bowed, every eye closed, if there's someone today, you just want to receive just a fresh point of the Spirit. Can you just raise your hands in this place? Father, you see our hands. You see our hearts. You know the places that we need to be refreshed. You know the patterns that we have been producing that are not leading to life. And so in this place, Holy Spirit, I would just pray that you would just fall afresh. May we feel your love. May we feel your comfort. May we feel your joy. Father, I pray right now for some of us in this room, you restore to us the joy of salvation. 
Help us to remember the fact that you saved us in outer darkness. You came and you found us. May we feel you today in this place. May our hearts be transformed in this place. Father, I just pray for those of us that need someone in our life that we can pattern our lives after. Open a door, Holy Spirit. Give us courage to speak to someone today. God, we're just thankful. And we're just believing that we can be a people, that we can be a church that leaves behind a great legacy. So do something today in this place that only you can do. We love you, Father, we pray in your mighty and holy name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.